I love you. You guys are fantastic. Unique by nature. Good morning, everyone. This is Shoy with Dimple Times Radio, and we are here with Rick Patterson in the garden. Online and on your mobile device. It's sexy. Hi, this is Rick Patterson with In the Garden with Rick. A few years ago, I wrote a series of children's novels, 415 Raspberry Pickets, a group of a, a boy that moves in with his family, with his uncle and housekeeper, and he finds out they're witches, and he has the ability to speak to trees and plants. There's an evil entity that wants to kill all plant life on Earth, and they use magical herbs and go on great adventures to fight the, the bad guys. They're vampires, they're ghosts, they're witches. It's 415 Raspberry Picket. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of In the Gardens with Rick. We always appreciate all of our listeners, and we appreciate your feedback, and you can join me on Facebook. We always hope to bring a few chuckles, entertain, and maybe learn a little bit about gardening. You can hear all of our shows on podcasts. I think there's like 21 of them now. The podcast can be found at dimpletimes.com. And good morning, Max. Good morning, Mr. Rick. Can you believe it's October? No, no, it's actually, and it's hard to believe by the time this airs, it's pumpkin show. Week. Right. I know. It's just, it just seems like yesterday I was planting all the stuff. Now I'm digging it up. I I went to Kroger's last night. You remember last week we talked about crickets? Well, the, the, the young guy was messing around doing something else, so I had to wait several minutes for him to come and slice my turkey. And I could hear cricket <laughs> right there by the bread. <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully it wasn't in the meat. <laughs> and then when I get close, it stopped chirping. So I asked the guy, the, the young guy, I said, you got crickets in here? You have crickets in here? And he says, yep, we can't find it. <laughs> Every time you get close with well, the other day, about two weeks ago, we were walking around Walmart. Now, this isn't a cricket but we go back in the produce section and from that back door or the side door where they can come in and out the swinging doors, here comes a little mouse running across there, shooting all the way across, jumps up to the bottom of the produce, goes up inside of the produce. I'm like, oh my you goodness. Me? <laughs> it was weird. It was hilarious. And I, I, it, it, was, it happened so fast. I'm like, did that really just happen? You'd think they'd have traps and stuff, wouldn't you? Oh, they do, and they constantly catch them. It's, 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 well, think about it. In the produce section, yeah. nothing's even bagged or anything. There's food galore, peanuts, Ew. you name it, you know. <laughs> Make sure you wash your produce, huh? <laughs> well, I hope you do, anyways. Even if it's, a, you figure, if you're worried about what's in the local Walmart, think about what was crawling on that when it was in a farm field or, if, you know, out in your own garden or whatever. I mean, mice. You know, animals yeah. will use the restroom on it. I mean, there's no like, oh, I shouldn't use the restroom on this produce because some <laughs> human's going to eat it. So not exactly the mentality of a uh, little critter. No, it's not. No. Well, Max, I don't want to embarrass you or put you on the spot, but you're kind of an unsung hero. You do a lot for this community that people don't realize. For example, because I burgered up some things in my little greenhouse, you and your Charming wife came over for three nights to help me fix it. Your boys came over and, and stapled the uh, vinyl to the inside of the greenhouse. You're involved in a lot of community activities that people don't realize. You give a lot to this community. And a big one is the Octodon house. I can't pronounce it correctly. You've worked on that tirelessly. Well, we, we, we try to stay in the background. I'm, I'm a background kind of guy. Quiet 
I'm more vocal here on the uh, radio slash podcast. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know. I'm kind of a, uh, what do you need me to do that I don't need to be seen? <laughs> well, I, I know working on that, that historical house has been an uphill battle. And you've really worked hard to trying to restore it and, and bring it back to its luster and what turned it into a museum. Turn it into a house museum, um, a little bit more than a house museum, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a long road and it's been on a long road just since its journey, what, I don't know, a couple thousand feet across the field there. Yeah. Uh, just the saving, it was one huge step and now it's a matter of building up the funds to be able to move on to an, another level of actual restoration. Well, I think you do a lot in the community like that that people don't realize and um, you know, I'm grateful, and I'm, I, I'm sure other people are too. You're, you're kind of one of those quiet, uh, unsung heroes that people don't realize all the things you do for this community. Yep. Shh, it's a secret. <laughs> don't tell them. Well, like I was saying, it just seems like yesterday I was planting everything, and now five months later I'm pulling it all up, and I've dug up all my elephant bulbs, summer bulbs, elephant ears, cladiums, and I've been, I put them in a... Um, plastic tin with peat and then i put them in the basement so you can overwinter this stuff i've been moving everything into my greenhouse which is a uh, a big task i have these um shrubs called brugmansia angel trumpet and they can grow up to 15 foot tall and they have these big beautiful fluted flowers that become very fragrant as the sun sets well i had to cut those back and dig them up drag them in the greenhouse, and then I get two big bins in the back of the greenhouse where I plant them. And then all the other stuff then goes to the basement. Um, I've, you know, you can, it's a lot of work, but you can save a lot of money by saving your elephant ears and your cladiums and your cannas and your begonias and things like that. So it's kind of worth the effort. I've had some of those elephant ears now for several years. Cladiums are the, the ones with the real fancy leaves, real colorful leaves, and sometimes they don't um, overwinter as well as... Uh, the rest of them, but it's still worth the, uh, so percentage wise, when you put them into the greenhouse, you probably lose some by the next spring or, well, the bulbs I dig up, dry out, put them in the peat moss and put them in the basement. Okay. So that, that allows you. Yeah. Yeah. I can see where that would save a huge amount of money. Today's show is sponsored by B and E insurance. License number one, three Oh six, nine, six Oh, or nine, eight, one, nine. For all your insurance needs, call B&E Insurance. Call Nancy at 740-420-2743 or Mary at 740-420-2740. Again, that's 740-420-2743 or 740-420-2740. And we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back into Garden with Rick. Today we were talking about um, my greenhouse and how Max and his family were so kind to help me do fix some things up. Um, 
I spent three and a half hours dragging things in the greenhouse on Monday. And then I took my eight and a half mile walk. And toward the end of my walk, Max, I wasn't sure I was going to make it up to Pickaway Hill. Pickaway oh, I Street can imagine. Hill. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I made it. I guess I'm getting exercise. Well, we can't forget to mention the big event of this week that our town's having. After a rare year of a shutdown, again, we're going to be able to enjoy the great Circleville Pumpkin Show. The greatest free show on earth. I love the pumpkin show. You know, with me living where I live so close, I feel like I'm almost in the middle of it. I can go down there and walk around, come home, rest, go back down, walk around, come home, rest. Yeah, basically about a block from all the chaos. Yeah, yeah. I can smell the food. I can hear the rides. I can hear the crowd. I enjoy it. I, I really do. I really love it. Well, and I've, I've kind of learned when it comes to those folks who live close enough, you don't have those who are just like, yeah, it's okay. It's either those who absolutely love it or absolutely hate it. I know. I've met people that actually leave town that week. That's right. And I, I was like, why would you want to leave town with all this fun? It, it, it does become, you know, one of the things that I've liked about the small town is is it's more relaxing, laid back. You know, the local people around here probably know the history of the pumpkin show. I was just looking out of curiosity. It was started in 1903 by Mayor George Haswell. They had a few pumpkins that they'd carved into uh, jack-o'-lanterns and some corn stalks, and that's how it got started. And then by 1905, they had set up a merry-go-round at the corner of Main Street and Scioto Street. And then from there, it just kept growing and growing to what it is today. It's the sixth largest festival in the United States, and 300,000 people attend the four-day festival. When you consider Circleville is only, what, 13,000, 14,000 people? And 300,000 people come marching through. I mean, that's that's a big thing. Well, and the big thing to remember is that's the average. On the average. big years, it's been up to 400,000 Oh, has it? That, that are estimated. And they do that by looking at the crowds during the parades uh -huh. and they count the people then. Um, but, yeah, and there's some years where it's ranked the fourth largest in the U.S. So it, it, it changes and fluctuates. Um, I believe it's the largest in the state of Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. But like the, it changes as, how, as to how large it is in the U.S. Well, like you were just saying, there's no charge to attend, so it's gotten the nickname, the greatest free show on earth. Yeah, that, that makes me think of a circus type thing. Yeah, it does, doesn't but it? <laughs> I guess if you look at some of the early photos, I mean, they actually had elephants and stuff that would walk around in the parade. So a lot different world back when it originally started. Um, I don't think there, I've never seen anything where there's like a big top setup or anything like that. But, uh, -huh. uh um, definitely a different world. They, I think they used to allow horses, but there was a problem with the waste. But beyond that, because of the crowds, I think they were afraid or something of the animals getting spooked. Oh, yeah. I, you remember when they used to have the um, Irish dance on stage and then people were would, they, would, they would vote on who was the best dancer? Down on Franklin? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, and some of them said they were at Mary's Bar, or I don't think Mary's Bar is there anymore to get ready to get ready to do the show. Had to get a little tipsy to get up there and dance. Well, I had a college mate that he's now he's since passed away, but he was about three hundred and fifty pounds, and he got up and did it and, and, and did the hog calling while he was doing the dance. I think that was it was the hog calling one that that you won the prize for hog calling. I think that used to be done on main street. I, yeah. I don't they know. did the dance, the Irish, whatever dance where they were doing <laughs> while they were doing the hog calling. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I saw that one. 
Well, I remember one year there were some people there from Japan. Actually, there's a lot of foreigner people. A lot of it's a, a vacation spot for foreign people to come, and these people were from uh, Japan, and they were just mortified. <laughs> Here's these people honk calling and jumping around and on the stage. It's kind of funny. I think he. I think that year he won first prize. You know, we have several parades. There's the pet parade, the baby parade. Every year, a queen is selected. One year, I volunteered for Channel 5, which is like a city cable show. I don't even know if they even have it anymore. I'm not, what's it called now? Channel 9 or something? Yeah, they still have a local cable. And Mr. Pickens, Dennis Pickens, was the director. And he had me go around and filming everything in the pumpkin show. So I was up on the stage while the queen was being selected. And all the kids were thumping the stage. <laughs> and they were about ready to bounce me off the stage so Dennis Pickens was a little guy he grabbed me by the ankles and he held me down so I wouldn't get bounced off the stage as I was photographing the selection of the queen I'm I'm sure that uh, a lot of people have uh, good memories from the pumpkin show I always enjoy going into the exhibit over there uh, on Franklin where they have the the flowers Yep, and you're probably going to miss it this year. I think that's one of the things that aren't ha- isn't happening. Oh, really? Well, it's inside. They're trying to keep the social distancing. If you're uh. outside, you're safer. So I think the people who are putting it on were a little nervous about having too many people uh, inside. That's one of the favorite things that I enjoy. Yeah, well, at least they're bringing it, all, you know, more of it back, and it's not just a few pumpkins at the uh, fairgrounds. Well, I guess it's good that we're having it, even if some of us. That's right. Get it rolling again. Today's show is brought to you by B&E Insurance. License number 130-6960 or 9819. They can provide you with health, life, auto, motorcycle, fire, renters, home, and property and casualty insurance. You can call Nancy at B&E Insurance at 740-420-2743. Nancy can be reached at B&E Insurance at 740 740- Four two zero two seven four three. We'll be back in a moment. Back in the garden with Rick, we're talking about the Circleville Pumpkin Show, the greatest free show on earth. And as I said a few moments ago, I love the pumpkin show. I gotta ask, you love the pumpkin show. Do you ever plant any pumpkins to actually grow? I've had, I yeah, I've planted gourds and pumpkins. Now, what about the giant ones? Have you ever tried to grow? No, I don't have room for that. No, you don't, because I mean, the tent itself would be as big as your house. Right. I mean, it's just that they're huge and the things they have. But the way that you take care of your plants and everything, I really think you could be a giant pumpkin grower. Actually, some of the best gourds and pumpkins I've grown are ones that reseeded themselves and planted themselves and grew. One year I had all these, um, they call them UFO gourds because they look like a UFO. They, were, they had grown from my porch 
up one dogwood tree, across the sidewalk, into the other dogwood tree. And I was out there one day talking to a neighbor, and I saw these orange things hanging from a dogwood. I mean, there were like 10 of them, and here it was as gourds. Oh, wow. So it's kind of neat to have free gourds. And they were, and they were, so they were basically wild or re, regrowth. Right. It's from where I'd, they'd, I'd thrown them off the porch or someone had taken them, squirrel or something had taken them off the porch. It seeded itself and grew. That's cool. Yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. Well, the pumpkin has been grown for about 5,000 years and it's native to uh, Southwest United States and Central and South America, Northern South America. The largest pumpkin ever grown in the United States weighed 2,009 pounds in 2012. And people used to feel that pumpkins could cure or remove uh, freckles and cure snake bites. I think that's all folklore, but it's what people believe. I wouldn't want to find out about that folklore after I got bit by a rattlesnake. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be dead, wouldn't you? (laughs) Yeah. I can remember when I first came to Circleville, in 1977, I worked at a Blues Furniture, and it was up above, uh, uh, it faced Court Street there, where the pumpkin display is. And I can remember them bringing in those pumpkins with lift trucks and um, uh, cranes. And I remember they had a chimpanzee, they had a baby chimp, and it was jumping, it was dressed in some little cute outfit, and <laughs> they had the chimp out there where they were weighing all the pumpkins. Oh, wow, that'd be kind of cool. I'd have... I don't know if they'd like that anymore these days, but I think it's cool. Yeah, Last year, um, I think the largest pumpkin was 1,755 and a half pounds. Didn't they weigh them at the fairgrounds? Yes. And Dr. Liggett, who's an optician, is that what, what he is? He's an eye doctor? Right. He, he seems to grow the largest ones. He, he's grown them large for several years. He's a master giant pumpkin grower, him and his wife. Uh, the, the the exhibit over there on um, Watt Street where they have the great big yams and the big potatoes and the cabbages, that, that'll probably all be canceled too on it. I'm not for sure if that one is or not. I'll try to look on Pumpkin Show page, pumpkinshow.com, to find out what is open and closed this week. And then all those jellies, jams, relishes. I've often thought I'd love to be a, a, a judge and taste all those uh, things that are made from local produce. Um, I have a feeling that will uh, probably blow your diet, though. What, a lot of sugar in it? Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about the cakes and the cookies. That looks good, too. I'm just talking about the, you know, all the goodies. Anyway, pumpkins are low in calories, low in fat and sodium, very high in fiber. So if you eat pumpkin, you feel full. It's high in vitamin A's and B, potassium, and it has protein and iron. And there's only 49 calories for a cup of uh, uh, cooked pumpkin. And my mother makes the most delicious diet pumpkin pudding. My dad was diabetic, and she, oh, it's just so smooth and delicious. I mean, I just love it. She makes it for me every year for Christmas. She uses real pumpkin and whipped cream and pudding and does it in a a sugar-free diet way, and it is really good. And I've been hitting the coffee house, I think, a little too often the last couple weeks. Getting Getting your chai. Their frozen pumpkin chai. (laughs) Oh, that's delicious. Oh, it's absolutely delicious. But they say it's sugar-free and fat-free, so I'm sure there's calories in it, but I'm not, uh, I don't know how much. You know, here in our country, pumpkins are usually used for decoration, and but in most countries of the world, it's a food, and it's a staple, and it's in people's diet. And I have some friends on Facebook that live in North Africa and other areas, 
and they don't quite understand why we buy, buy pumpkins and let them rot on our porches. Because <laughs> to them, you well, know, those pumpkins don't taste very good either. When you try to make a pie out of those, and you end up with a watery, nasty mess. Probably, yeah, because there are certain pumpkins that are better for. Yeah. Now, five years ago, before I started on my weight loss, and you know, I've lost 230 pounds and kept it off now for five years. I would really woof down several loaves of uh, pumpkin bread during the pumpkin show. <laughs> or the pumpkin brownies over there by Fifth Third. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. I'm sure they're low carb. Not. Sure. Uh-huh. And, of course, the pumpkin donuts that people line up a mile to get. Yep. You can get them all year long. But during pumpkin show, they'll be backed up down the street. Now, pumpkin is a generic name for several species of squash. We just kind of lump them all together and call them pumpkins. Pumpkins have been grown since 3500 B.C., and with corn, they are considered one of the oldest crops known in the Western Hemisphere. So when Christopher Columbus, you know, we just had Columbus Day, when Christopher Columbus, he took pumpkin seeds back to uh, Europe, but Europe has more of a, a colder climate, and they have a shorter growing season, so the pumpkins didn't really take off there. And even today, they're very expensive because they're, they're difficult to grow there. They're, they're very popular in uh, Australia. They have a uh, Gordy, Gordy Festival or something like that in Australia. Now, I love it when you take a squash or gourd and you, you bake it and you put brown sugar and honey and uh, some butter on it. That's really good. Again, it. nutrition at its best. Right, or even like a, a, a squash soup. Is it butternut soup they, they use to make a soup? I've never tried that. Now, I've had pumpkin soup, but never tried that. Now, by the way, a couple on the uh, different events happening at the pumpkin show. Um, there are selective cancellations within the pumpkin show. The Circleville Noon Rotary Club has canceled the big wheel race uh, and then the safety for the safety of the volunteers. And then the children and parents, uh, let's see. In addition, the trustees and volunteers for the home and crafts department and the flower show have decided to cancel their event entries and exhibits. Oh, it's, I can understand, but it's still sad. That, now, I, I'm not for sure I fully understand the big wheel race that's usually outside, but they're probably trying to not gather people together. I don't know. I'm, well, but, this part of the show has been sponsored by B&E, B&E Insurance. License number 130-6960 or 9819. You can get all your health, life, auto, motorcycle, fire, renters, home, and property casualty insurance needs met there. And you can call Mary at B&E Insurance at 740-420-2740. Call Mary at B&E Insurance at 740-420-2740. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back in the Garden with Rick. Today we're talking about the Circleville Pumpkin Show and we're talking about pumpkins. The American Indians would take uh, pumpkins and dry them. They cut them into strips and then they would dry them and then they would make mats out of them. Now I'm not sure if they were probably sleeping mats, I would imagine. I'm not sure what kind of mats they made, but maybe to sit on or sleeping mats. Maybe if it was one of the bigger pumpkins, it'd be right about the size to sit on, but I'm not for sure. Yeah. And then they would take uh, big strips of pumpkins 
and they would um, uh, roast them on an open fire and eat them. Now, that's good. Any, any kind of squash roasted or, or baked is good. You ever had anything baked, like any kind of banks, bank, baked, can't even talk, baked squash or baked uh, pumpkin or anything? I don't think so. Not that I can recall. Now, when the colonists first came to America, the pumpkin was kind of a, a, a new thing to them. And someone came up with the idea. They would take the pumpkin and they'd cut the top off and take all the seeds out. And they would fill the pumpkin with milk, all kinds of spices and honey. And then they'd put it down in hot ashes and bake it. And a lot of people think that was kind of like the beginnings of the modern pumpkin pie. That actually sounds good. I imagine when they roasted the pumpkin, the milk, the pumpkin absorbed the milk. Now, now who did this? The colonists when they first came to, when they first came to North America. Now, I, I just ran into uh, some information here. According to uh, some mythology, uh, there have been containers found from Native American Indians here in the U.S. Uh, and they, some from Mexico that date back to 7,000 B.C. that actually had pumpkin flesh and seeds in the containers. Oh. So I have a feeling the Native American Indians were using them way before recorded history. So uh -huh. that, 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 that point is prehistoric. But uh, it's probably got a longer life here in the U.S. than we realize. Yeah, because I had read that pumpkins were grown 5,000 years, but at that date would made them a lot older. Yeah. Oh, well, Definitely good about nine thousand years wow but it's prehistoric and again they're uh -huh. they're dating it back um and that but that's if they're putting seeds they must have found some kind of value they're putting pumpkin seeds in these containers yeah that reminds me i one of these days i'm going to talk about the seed bank it's in the i think is it the arctic or antarctic they have a, a a bunker where they collect seeds from all over the world and and store them in this bunker in case something would ever happen, and so we'd be able to grow corn and wheat and different flowers. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, cool. I, in some future episode, I want to talk more about that. But yeah, there's a there's an actual seed bank where they're saving these seeds. I don't know if they're freezing them, or you think freezing would kill them. I'm, I'm not sure how they're keeping them, but freeze dried. I yeah, I don't know if they're dried. You think it would? Who knows? There must be something to it. I mean. Well, they've said that some of the seeds that they found in the pyramids of Egypt are still—you could still grow them. They—they they were still—they would still germinate, and that's been what three, four, five thousand years. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't it be cool to get a pumpkin seed that's you know ten thousand years old <laughs> and you could plant it? And if anything grew, that—that that would just be amazing. I have a couple pumpkins on my porch that look like they're about 5,000 years old. <laughs> they're, they're the, I like the warty pumpkins, the ones that have the big warts all and, over and them. And they're trending. We went by Kroger, and, and that, that's all they had the other day uh -huh. was just a bunch of the warty pumpkins all over the place. Well, those, they dry. suit. I mean, they really dry well. Like, I, I have a couple that uh, is a couple years old where they've dried. They didn't rot or anything. So... And then the ones that are that look like they have peanut shells on them, I guess that's a delicacy in France. They make a soup out of it. And I don't remember the name. We ought to talk about, sometime this month, we ought to talk about different kind of pumpkins and what they're used for. 
Yep, I think we would be amazed. I mean, uh, although they're used for quite a few things at the Circleville Pumpkin Show. Pizza, you name it. I mean, Sloppy Joes, they throw it in everything. Oh, I, I like the pumpkin Sloppy Joes. Pumpkin burgers, although it's more of a Sloppy Joe to me. but Right. I remember they had, years ago, they used to have pumpkin beer. I don't know if they still have that or not. Pumpkin ale, I think is what some of them call it. But yeah, it's, it's still, it's out there. I've seen different people... <laughs> Obviously, the the vendors aren't allowed to sell it. It has to be one of the uh, restaurants. Oh, okay. Um, although, I, I don't know if that'll change this year. And, oh, no. It actually, it's only the downtown businesses. They've got that door up past. So, at that point, you might be able to carry around a pumpkin beer. I don't know. Well, when I was reading about pumpkins, I came across this poem. And it's by Mortimer Crane Brown. And it's called Autumn Dreams. It says, I know the year is dying. Soon summer will be dead. I can trace in the flying of the black crows overhead. I can hear it in the rustle of the dead leaves as I pass. And the south wind's plaintive sighing through the dry and withered grass. Ah, tis I love to wander, wander idly and alone. Listen to the solemn music of sweet nature's undertone. Wrapped in thoughts... I cannot utter dreams my tongue cannot express dreams that match the autumn sadness and their longing tenderness. Even though the poem is sort of sad, it does kind of capture the feelings of the, of, you know, summer coming to an end and fall closing out the year. And at least we have a big celebration of pumpkins to uh, celebrate fall more to end it. Yes. Well, this segment of um, Rick in the garden is brought to you by B and E insurance. License number 130-6960 or 9819. You can call B&E Insurance today for a free quote for your insurance needs. Call Nancy at 740-420-2743 or Mary at 740-420-2740. And B&E Insurance can meet all of your needs. And we helped. we hope to see you next week and Rick in the Garden. And likewise, be sure to pick up a copy of the Dimple Times uh, print edition, which is on News Racks, and then it'll be on a special edition for the Pumpkin Show. will be out there, too, so be sure to look for that. Thank you for listening to In the Garden with Rick. This edition of In the Garden with Rick is part of Dimple Times Radio, an RTD media broadcast. To read more by Rick, be sure to pick up a copy of the Dimple Times newspaper, which is distributed on newsstands in Fairfield, Pickaway, Ross, and Fayette counties on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. You can also read more articles by Rick at dimpletimes.com. Online and on your smartphone. Unique by nature.